Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 7th day of August 2023. George Washington orders the creation of the Badge of Military Merit for soldiers who are wounded in battle. That is the year 1782. The insignia is a heart made of purple cloth. Washington personally issued three of the awards and authorized his subordinates to issue it as appropriate. After the Revolutionary War, it was not issued again until it was officially revived on the bicentennial of Washington's birth on February 23, 1932. Then it was an actual medal and renamed the Purple Heart. For some reason, there are multiple Indian affairs on the docket today. The first Indian reservation is created in 1786, at least according to the Native American Almanac. Another source uses the date 29 August 1758, that one located in New Jersey. The earlier date is well before there was a United States. While the idea of a reservation seems like a good idea, the way they've been held in trust by the federal government has been problematic, if not just plain unworkable. The inhabitants are highly restricted on how they use the land, which in most cases is of poor quality. Reservations are overseen by the Federal Bureau of Indian Affairs, a government agency with a $3 billion budget and 4,000 employees. For the record, there are 5 million people living on reservations today. There should have been a plan from the beginning to offer citizenship to the Indians in some way they could own land privately and manage their own affairs. Eastern tribes, especially the Cherokee, were in favor of this. The Plains Indians were more nomadic and ranged large areas, but the land in the Plains requires that. There is a reason the populations there are lower and the states larger. One of the greatest crimes is that there are natural resources on Indian lands they could utilize to the benefit of their people, but they are restricted to federal approval. Oil, gas, and coal are prime examples. The Department of War is established in 1789. Taxation has always been a sore spot. During President Washington's term, the young nation was trying to pay off its war debt and, of course, levy taxes to raise the money. Distilled spirits were a valuable commodity. They did not spoil and were often made from excess grain, which did spoil in a matter of months. But the citizenry did not like the idea of the tax and rebelled. As whiskey was becoming the popular version, the affair was known as the Whiskey Rebellion. The rebellion was centered in western Pennsylvania, where transportation costs to the east already cut into profits. Washington called for the states to engage their militia, and he personally led 13,000 militiamen. Besides the idea of the tax, the way it was levied and the rates tended to be more expensive to small distillers on the western frontier. The affair will rage on from the summer of 1791 until the fall of 1794. Washington stood his ground, but in the end, only two of the leaders were brought to trial for treason, and they were pardoned. The elements we continue to see in resistance to the federal government were all present in this first domestic crisis, and the government response was typical. Puppeteer and costume designer Kermit Love is born in 1916. Love worked with Jim Henson on The Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, and The Cookie Monster Puppets. Henson met Love a couple of years after the creation of Kermit the Frog 
1955. Songwriters are often lost in the crowd, but they have their part. Felice Bryant, along with her husband Boudreaux, were responsible for a long list of hit songs, mostly on the country charts, but not solely. Felice was born on this day in 1925. 70s rockers will recall the Nazareth hit Love Hurts. That was one of theirs, and had previously been recorded by the Everly Brothers and others. Then there is Rocky Top, maybe their most famous. You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma, sung by David Frizzell and Shelley West, was another, and a long list for the Everly Brothers, including All I Have to Do is Dream, Bye Bye Love, and Wake Up Little Susie. Lynchings are not confined to the South, but they continued there decades longer than the rest of the country. The last confirmed one in the North occurred on this day in 1930. The victims had been arrested on charges of murder and rape, but that fact does not excuse the mob actions. There is a way to deal with these things in court, and the process should have been allowed to run out. Humorist and radio host Garrison Keeler is 81 years old today, retired from the weekly radio show A Prairie Home Companion. That made him almost a household name. He continues to tour and give solo performances. He retired from the weekly show in 2016 after 42 seasons. I never got to see a live performance of A Prairie Home Companion. Joy did on an extended stay in Minnesota, but I did get to see him last year. His talent to ad-lib and tell an engaging story is quite amazing. IBM dedicates the first program-controlled calculator, known as the Harvard Mark I, in 1944. The room-sized machine was used to perform calculations for the Manhattan Project, working to develop the atomic bomb. For the young folks, programs were the set of instructions used to drive computers. They later became known as applications, and now just apps. In 1947, explorer Thor Heyendahl completes a 101-day, 4,300-mile trip across the Pacific Ocean with a small crew on a balsa wood raft, proving that prehistoric people could have sailed from South America to the far reaches of the Pacific. Twelve years later, NASA launches the Explorer 6 satellite, this is the first one to take pictures of Earth from space. Government opinions are a fickle thing. In 1962, Frances Kelsey is lauded as a reviewer for the FDA. She had blocked the approval of thalidomide. It was an over-the-counter drug in Europe, but she was concerned about the lack of evidence to support its safety. She appeared to be a saint when it was found to contribute to serious birth defects. However, the drug is still popular today in the treatment of some cancers. President Johnson gets broad war powers when Congress passes the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution in 1964. It was not an outright declaration of war, but got as close as a politician could and still say it wasn't with a straight face. There was some politics going on. Johnson wanted to focus on domestic issues and avoid a war but feared unrest in the region would look like the fall of China to communism or another Korea and empower Republican opponents. While the lynchings were patently wrong, so was a 1970 California incident where a gunman breached a courtroom and took the judge hostage along with three inmates. 
The gunman was a brother of an incarcerated agitator named George Jackson. The goal was to get Jackson freed. In the end, the judge and gunman were dead and two of the inmates. The third, Rochelle McGee, pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. At 83 years old, he was granted parole two weeks ago. One account calls him a political prisoner who spent a lifetime under oppression. Let's just say I do not agree with that assessment. As to George Jackson, he died in a prison escape attempt one year later. The guns used were tied to activist Angela Davis, but the assailant was her bodyguard, so she had an alibi. Folks, there are groups that simply hate America and want to make it a Marxist state. Sadly, they totally miss the point that despite the warts that America has, it has provided more freedom and brought more people out of poverty than any form of government in recent history. A high-wire performer named Felipe Pettit walks a wire between the twin towers of the World Trade Center, 1,368 feet in the air in 1974. That seems like a daunting feat, but it's mostly psychological. Once you get above about 30 feet, the height does not matter. Except for when there's little difference between walking a wire a foot off the ground and one much higher. President Carter declares the Love Canal a federal emergency in 1978. A neighborhood of Niagara Falls, New York, the area had been a waste dump owned by a chemical company for years. In 1953, it was sold to the school district under a threat of eminent domain. For a 10-year period, the Hooker Chemical Company had used the site to bury 20,000 tons of chemical waste. Now, to be fair, that was an accepted practice in the 30s and 40s. Critics point that the company was quite willing to sell the property with an indemnity clause in 1952. The company had cautioned the school district not to build on the site, clearly stating the site was a chemical dump. The site made national news and was the first Superfund site. A clause in the legislation invoked retroactive liability, even though the chemicals and actions by Hooker were in line with practices at the time. This is an overreach of government, saying a company may be held to a higher standard at some future date for actions today. Actions like this are a prime reason why much industry has moved out of the United States. Do you see videos online of various items being manufactured in China, India, or who knows where? The conditions are horrid by our standards. I'm not saying we should lower our standards, but I have to wonder how many of the products we see on our shelves made in foreign countries are made in those exact conditions. The first U.S. soldiers arrive in Saudi Arabia in the ramp-up to the Gulf War. The year is 1990. 2007, Barry Bonds surpasses Hank Aaron's 33-year-old home run record. Bonds will retire with a total of 762, a record that still holds. He played for 21 years. The active player highest on the record list is Miguel Cabrera. He is in his 20th year and sits at 508. He has almost no chance of breaking the record. If you look at the active players on the list, it's doubtful we will see the record broken again in the next decade. That's history and comment for the 7th day of August. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, 
go do something worth remembering.